right, everybody. Welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Erin. And I'm Clayton. And I'm the romance novel veteran. And I'm the virgin. And we're your hosts. Yes. Clayton, you're excited about this episode today. I am. Because you have been long calling for us to do an Australian book. Yes, because we have a lot of Australian listeners. Yeah. When I check the Podbean, which I do... Probably too much. Well, I'm happy that I finally granted you access to it for yes. the amount of joy it brings you. Thank you for granting <laughs> me access, finally. Um, I, you know, when I first started looking at it, I was very surprised about the amount of Australian listeners we have. I'm happily surprised uh, about it. So, yeah, it's not like, <laughs> what the fuck? All these Aussies, yeah. who the hell do they think they are? No, but I, I love it. And so I, I was thinking, like, you know, if we were aiming books at our one listener in Wyoming, we might as well aim a book <laughs> at a huge place that has a lot of listeners, too. <laughs> like a few hundred listeners. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we're going about this marketing wrong, that we're just like, we just really care about this one person. <laughs> yeah. But the Aussies were feeling left out in the cold. Mm-hmm. And I think I've always wanted to visit Australia. It seems like a very beautiful place. Anytime I've talked to anybody who's been there, they said, you got to go. It's clean. It's beautiful. It's uh, it's just a whole different kind of lifestyle. So their national sport is rugby. It is? I think so. I mean, oh. a lot of people. I don't know if it's national. I don't know if it's actually the I, national I sport. Think- <laughs> I shouldn't be giving false facts. Because there's Aussie rules football, too. Isn't that rugby? Mm-hmm. Because I don't know. footy is soccer. Soccer is big there as well. Mm-hmm. But I do think that rugby is very popular. I'll say that. That yes. I can say for a fact. Yeah. Because there's a lot of rugby romances. Yeah, they take place in Australia. Yeah. What is the book that we read this we week? We read Playing It Cool by Amy Andrews. So we have got a we got a ton of um, recommendations for this book and okay. this series because it's number two in the Sydney Smoke series. Um, but in particular, people seem to really love this book. I read it before people started um, suggesting it. You did? Yeah. I've read this book a a few times. I really, really like it a lot. Um, And then, uh, yeah, so people recommend it on Instagram and through Twitter and a bunch of different ways. So we said, let's do it for a rugby romance. Nice. Australia. Um, What do you think of the cover, Clayton? I like this cover a lot. So it's a buff dude holding... Uh, a rugby ball? Is that what it's called? Gosh, I should have done more research before we did this podcast. I mean, yeah, we have a, a little quiz coming up, but maybe I should have also done a rugby quiz. Yeah. Let's call it a ball. Yeah, so uh, he's holding the ball and he's buff. And you don't see his complete face, but you see you know, the nose, the mouth. Uh, and yeah, I like it. I think it's very effective. It's definitely what you... It, it shows you everything that this book is about. You know it's going to be a romance novel. Mm-hmm. You know it's going to be about rugby. You know the guy's going to be buff. Yes, it's great. Checking all the boxes. I agree. And also, I think he looks like a rugby player, like he's built like a rugby player. So. What, you just like like real, like kind of I feel like they wide. have those like wide, but those like slopey shoulders. I don't know why. I dated an Australian rugby player. You did? Just in this moment, I'm remembering. So, <laughs> wow, he does. He must not have been very memorable. How we, long ago was this? Oh, I mean, at least ten years because it was before I knew Pat. Obviously, it was it's about- okay. It's cool. It's a safe space. <laughs> you can tell all the Australian listeners about your infidelity. <laughs> 
I was in my early 20s. I met him um, in the West Village on Halloween because I remember I was dressed as a devil and he was not in costume. And I was like, why aren't you in costume? Anyway, that's how we started flirting by me yelling at someone. Yeah, nice. It was my move. Um, And then we went on a bunch of dates, but he always was like coming from playing rugby. Hmm. It would have been funny. Oh, no, wait. He was he was he was dressed in his like rugby uniform. I was going to say. But was he actually a rugby player? Because it was Halloween. Um, he was not a professional rugby player. He was oh. a banker professionally, but he like played intramural rugby. Okay, but he was Australian. He was Australian, and his last name was Crow. And I was like, "Do you relate to Russell Crow?" And he lied to me and said yes. And then later he was like, "No, I'm not." Okay, I could see there's a many a reason why this relationship didn't work. <laughs> you, so you're sure he played rugby? Well, I never saw him play rugby. But also, why would you lie about it? He, he looked li- like a rugby player too. He was like a big guy. Okay. I mean, dating in the true sense of the word, like, we went on a, f- a few dates. Okay, no, okay. I Like, he wasn't my boyfriend or anything yes. like that. Like, we were just, like, hung out a few times. Okay. That's why I for- completely forgot about yeah, him I'm until sure. this very moment. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Enough about that guy. This uh, amazing cover. Uh-huh. Clayton. Yes. What is the book about? This book is about Dexter Blake, Dex, who is a rugby player for the Sydney Smoke and the book starts with this guy named Chuck, who is a sideline reporter that everybody hates, is trying to talk to Dex, and his stepsister, who we find out is Chuck's stepsister, Harper, comes down from the stands trying to get his attention, and he says something really mean about her fat ass. He says, <laughs> he just basically says she has a fat ass. And Dex... <laughs> The what? way you said it, he says something mean about her fat ass. It's true. I should have said he said something mean about her body, which was that she had a fat ass, or in his mind had a fat ass. Yes, you're right. I spoke. That was I misspoke, and I apologize. It's great um, though. You gotta leave it in. I need to go away for a while. Uh, think about what I've done, and no, but she, uh, which in his mind is a fat. But but in Dex's mind is sexy curves. So Dex sees this exchange. Well, there's like a fat ass in a mean way, and then there's a fat ass in it, a nice it, way. Yeah, in a, in a nice way. And Dex looks at that as a, as a nice thing. So he uh, talks to Harper and kind of asks her out to make Chuck look stupid and to make her feel better. And she's very kind of, mm, is this real or is this a pity thing? But they end up hanging out. They agree to it being platonic, which lasts zero seconds. Because <laughs> I think there was fucking within 20% of this book, right? We were, at, it was like 20 or 21% in like there. Full on. Oh, the no, he's. Second date. Well, uh, it's she. They're at the hospital. I'm getting ahead of oh, myself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're at the hospital. So before and, even the second yeah, date. Yeah, yeah. So 1.5. Okay, so anyway, I'll get. So anyway, they. He doesn't date because he's pushing 30. He only has a few more years to be a rugby player. So he needs to focus on his profession. And then afterwards, he can deal with uh, girlfriends or wives or kids or whatever he wants. And he's never really moved from that. And he falls in love with her. And one time they're hooking up. He's late for practice. He says, I can't do this anymore. And then she... uh, he misses her so much that he asks her back. And then there's another 
there's another thing that that happens that uh, gets gets her upset. He they're going to the hospital for a benefit, the one where she paints murals because she paints murals at a children's hospital, which I guess is super lucrative because she doesn't do anything else really. <laughs> but uh, she does that. And he says he doesn't want to go with her, and she think it's, thinks it's because he's ashamed of her because all the other girls he's been pictured with on the internet are just like really skinny toothpick blondes and things. And he he was saying, I just don't want – I want this to be just for me. I don't want the wags or the people who like follow rugby uh, to know about this. So he – uh, she gets mad, goes to the benefit. All the guys want to uh, hit on her. And when she goes to the benefit, they all of a sudden are like, let's auction you off. <laughs> let's auction you off. And then he he gets mad at this and he pledges like 100 grand or 200 grand or something for a date and then asks her to marry him. So that's the whole book. That's the whole book. Yeah. But what I'll say is. I really like this book a lot. I thought it was super fun and sexy. And I liked that it was like short or it felt short. I don't know if it actually was short, but it, it, it went by in a breeze mm-hmm. and I never felt like they were focusing too much on her painting or his playing. What did you think? No, I, I mean, yeah, I really like this book a lot. I've like read it a few times. I, yeah, I think it's, I think in contemporary, sometimes people get too, or authors can get too focused on like the other things that are going on this person's life. Like they feel like they have to pad it out. And this never did because like her, basically it was like, you know, she painted murals. We heard about that a little bit. Anytime that they weren't together, it was a conversation or it was um, a scene that added to the main relationship. There was none just like, oh, and then on the side she has to do something else that has nothing to do with this relationship and therefore I don't really care about. Because the day when I read a romance novel, I'm reading it because I want to know about two people fa- or, you know, however many people like falling in love. I don't read to find out, you know, other stuff. Yeah. I loved – one of the things I loved about this author, what she did was – so on their first date, they go to a restaurant where you have to paint, which I think would be a little annoying, maybe, but also could be a little bit fun. You've I was never on the done, fence. See, you've never been a bridesmaid, so you've never had to do this. No. I have. Never a bridesmaid, always a groomsman, mm. is what I say. Have you been a groomsman? Um, yeah. Oh. Well, kind of. Most of the weddings I've been a part of, they didn't do the basic groomsman thing. It was, mm. it was they're more... They weren't the church weddings and things like that. So I was part of the party, but we didn't have to dress up or do anything like that. Oh, yeah, like at my wedding. Yeah. You would have been a groomsman, uh, but we didn't have them. Yeah, but we didn't have. So I've been part of the – I've been to a lot of bachelor parties, if you know what I mean. (laughs) So that showed her abilities without being a side thing that we weren't caring about. Right. So that's what I really liked. And then – there's the scene where – so he shows up at her work. She's painting a mural in the children's hospital. She's wearing these overalls. And the thing about Dex is he's – okay, he doesn't seem very smart. Like he doesn't seem dumb, but he doesn't seem very smart. But I loved how he was just 
every time he saw a piece of her body, he'd be like, oh, damn. Oh, shit. Like, he was just so <laughs> horny. He was so horny like a, like a teenager. Uh-huh. And it was kind of sexy because he felt very... I mean, he obviously liked her too, but he he was so into her body and in such a pure way that I thought was really sexy. And when he gets really obsessed with like wanting to unzip her her jumper when she's painting and stuff, and then that scene where he's uh, you know fingering her and then she jerks him off on, onto his uh, onto his shirt and then he has to go somewhere <laughs> afterwards. That was uh, that's like a very realistic thing because uh, they never talk about in these books. After they do this stuff, if they have to go somewhere else, like they don't have a change of clothes. Yeah. So you're going to have stains somewhere. Mm. That was very realistic. But I loved I love that. And then um, the next time uh, he played, he said, every time I score, I want you to get off. I want you to play with yourself and get off. And I and then so even when we saw him play, it was related to her. So we and them together and them together. And that was. It's such a it seems like such a basic thing, but not a lot of books do that. Well, not I I yeah. And to go back to them their first date mm-hmm. and why like having it at that painting place was great. It showed her her talent like cuz a, <clears throat> a lot of the book is also like her having kind of self-esteem issues, comparing herself to other people, but you got to see her in a place where she felt really comfortable doing something that she knew she was very good at. On the other side, you saw Dex, and so at this place, you were given, like, a word, and you had to paint your interpretation it of the word. It was sultry. No, it was lush. Oh, lush. That's right. Um, <laughs> it was lush. You would, it's sultry. Um, and he just painted, like, her lips. So I liked it because it was them both showing aspects of their character. So it was him without him being like, I think you're really hot. Yeah. Like, being like, no, I'm, like, thinking about your body, and I, you know want to make out with you and, and everything. Um, and, and I really liked how that was also always moving it forward. And as, and I think it, you know, it is difficult with a, writing a contemporary, I'm sure, because the thing that's hard about contemporaries is like in the modern times, like just be together, like what is keeping someone apart. So I think sometimes you're like, well, if I have this B story or the C story, it'll co- sort of make it more interesting when in fact the opposite ends up happening. Yeah, and so at the at the date, she gets this awful text message from her truly horrible stepmom, mm-hmm. who's basically like, "This is a pity date. Don't embarrass yourself. Don't get your hopes up." Which is like, it's a bit of like a Cinderella story too, because it's like, you know, she has two younger half step siblings that she like really takes care of, and um, yeah, stepbrother and a stepmother who are like truly like. Evil on a level that was just, like, almost silly. It was silly. Now, what do you think? Because when she gets that text message, she walks over to see some... After that, she walks over to see somebody else's painting real quick. Because they know her. Her friend opened this, Mm -hmm. like, restaurant painting place. And he looks at her phone. What do you think of that? I don't really... You don't care? I don't know. Well, uh, no. Okay. Because he also saw her, like, they were having a great time, laughing, getting along. And then he saw her look at her phone, almost start to cry, and then walk away. And, yeah, so he looks at her phone. But then he also immediately tells her when she comes back, like, I looked at your phone and that was bullshit. Yeah. I don't love it. I don't love snooping. 
I mean, I love snooping myself. You love to snoop, I but you love don't to like snoop. when other people snoop. Yeah, I don't want to say I condone snooping across the board, even though, like, obviously I do. Like, just snoop. Spoken like a real snooper. <laughs> uh, do yeah. you think that people snoop through your stuff because you snoop through people's stuff? Sure. I, mean, but I don't mind, though. I wouldn't mind people snooping. You wouldn't. No, I don't really have anything to hide. But what's the level of snooping? You mean if somebody goes went into your bedroom or whatever and they were just like looking at your the books on your bookshelf or Oh, I don't consider that snooping. But though. or um what's the level? Like what if they open a drawer? Is that too much? Oh, it depends. If it's a good friend, I don't care. Okay. I mean, if it was, if he was, if it was like some guy who was over to like fix the plumbing and then I found him going through my drawers, I'd be like, this seems inappropriate. Yes. I was you did for it. for a wrench. <laughs> He's got your undies on his head. <laughs> on his head. Like, excuse me, sir. I think you need to leave. Yeah. Um, if you wanted to go through my drawers, I would let you. See, I don't snoop. I know you don't. You have very high morals. Yeah. And because that's something that we need to work on with you. I don't want to be snooped on. And it's not because I don't, I have anything to hide really. I barely have any, I mean, if you snooped in my apartment, it would just be, oh, more books. Oh, there's more books in here. So like if I went into your apartment and I started looking at your bookshelves. That's not snooping. No, no. I think if you open my drawers, I'd be like, that's weird. But there wouldn't be anything in there anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, it's weird. Like I, I do feel like there's people who snoop and people who don't. Did you think that that was a violation? I thought it was a little weird. I wouldn't. So if I got a text from somebody and uh, I got upset and then put my phone down and walked away, I wouldn't want the person to read that text, especially if it's somebody I just my first date. That's weird to grab someone's phone. I know we're like, I'm not a big fan of being attached to phones, but your phone is pretty private. So to have somebody grab your phone and look at it is weird especially like did she put it face down or did she leave it face up if she left it face up maybe that's something but if it was face down that means don't come near my phone yeah i feel like i feel like sometimes also you just need to have the character do something in order to move the the story forward and and i'm just gonna forgive you that it's just like yeah i get it i just was wondering because that i wondered how that because for me it chafed a little because i wouldn't want somebody to look through my phone and it wasn't looking through phone. It was just seeing a text that was yeah. I think just he, like, happened. He didn't open the. It seems like the text was still up on her phone. Yeah, too. he didn't go into her purse, take out her phone. Yeah, try to figure out her password, <laughs> and yeah. then get in there. Right. So I think it's yeah. You think it's fine. I'm uh, yeah. As a snooper, it's an acceptable amount of snooping. Mm-hmm. What's your cutoff? What. Like for for snooping, do you try to like uh, do you try to figure out people's safe combinations? <laughs> safe? <laughs> who has a safe? I don't know. Could you tell me who has a safe? <laughs> uh, Have well, you found Pat any last boxes? Pat is very secretive with his phone. Okay. And so yeah, I don't. I can't really snoop much. If I think it would also be too big of a temptation for me if I ever had Pat's phone and it was unlocked. Yeah. So I but I never do. Nobody should have their partner's phone unlocked. That's just asking for it. Yeah. Because even the smallest thing could be, like, annoying or upsetting, I think. Right. Like, I didn't want to know what he says to you about me in private text. It doesn't matter. I'll show you right now. This will be interesting radio. (laughs) 
This will really be an episode. I'm sure he complains about me to people and I just don't really care and I'm happy he has that outlet. So it's like whatever. And then if I saw that, it would just make me mad. Yeah, even though you know it's like healthy and it's normal. And also I don't want him to see also the things that I text my friends when he annoys me. Exactly. Because it's it's your friends know. They're just like, okay, yeah, they're mad. They're upset. Right. Because I would also never say the things that annoy me about him to someone who didn't know him. Yes. Because then I'm giving you the entire picture of who this person is. Where it's like the people I complain to when like he does something that annoys me are people who like know and love him. So they're like, this is a little piece of like a bigger person that I know. Absolutely. So they're not going to be like, oh, he's not a good person. Even though the things I complain about are like very small. In case Pat's listening to this, it's barely anything. (laughs) Don't worry about it, babe. Um, (laughs) Um, So what did you think about Harper? I liked Harper. I know she had self-esteem issues, but it didn't, I think, impact her character as much as some of the other books that we've read where uh, I I get why she felt the way she felt, but also not that you should define your self-esteem by how somebody else thinks of you, especially in a sexual way. I think Dex was really good for her in that he was so into her body. And he did like her mind too. He they got along really well and they goofed off. And you mentioned cuz we were t- you texted me about this book and we're saying how they play video games and it's actually not annoying. We're I don't want to say anti-video games. I just don't see the interest as an adult. I understand the interest as a kid. I used to play them with my friends. Because we would just hang out and eat junk food and talk yeah, about stuff. Yeah, because you don't have a job or have to pay bills, so like you got to fill the time. Yeah, but now I think the last time I played a video game was oh, maybe like once in a blue moon I played like an old basketball game with Greg or something. Like just because, oh, look, we have this old video game. Let's play it as a nostalgia thing. But I wouldn't spend hours and hours playing video games. The thing about these two is that I think they're probably – I mean he's almost 30. She's younger, so in her 20s. And that's what a lot of them do, play video games. So they bonded and had a fun date playing video games instead of going out to see a movie. They stay in. They were joking and learning about each other. And I enjoyed that because it did seem natural. And it wasn't – there was a lot of Star Wars mentions, which I didn't love, but it wasn't over the top. Because they watched the Star Wars movies with the, 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 her, the siblings. her siblings. But, yeah, I think, you know, I, I thought that was fun. And it also, like, it showed their personality that they could be fun together. Yeah. And it wasn't her whole personality that she played video games. But then <laughs> they also played strip video game. And that was cool. So that was another thing that the author did was... I was like, if I'm just going to watch these people play video games, that's kind of boring or read about them. And then he said, let's do strip video gaming. And and I was like, yes, that's awesome. Great idea, Dex. (laughs) Love it, Dex. I love it. it. I love it. I approve. I'm shaking my head. (laughs) And then they did. And it was and I think she felt a little kind of, uh, you know, exposed. She turned the lights off and things like that. But again, he was so into her. And then she really like let her inhibitions go. Because she got pretty freaky right after that, which was cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because he basically said he wanted to keep it platonic. And immediately, like yeah. pretty much the next time they saw each other, they were, yeah, almost banging it out in a bathroom. 
Um, what I thought was interesting about Harper, and I was thinking because, you know, we read um, Grin and Beard It last month that also had a plus size heroine. And I was like, why did Sienna annoy me? And Harper didn't. Uh-huh. And I think it's like Harper didn't quite dwell on it as much where she sort of was like, oh, I kind of get where I am in the hierarchy. But then when she was with Dex, she never let that she like fully inhibited herself as a sexual person and was like really into the sex and, you know, did things like, you know, when he was taking his clothes off, she like bent over the couch, like, cause she thought he would be into it. And he very much was. Yes. Um, and I like that. And something else I found really interesting was, so she has like her best friend, M who is the heroine of the next book. Um, who has been broken up with and she's sort of normally the person that her, that her friend goes to and complains about men and Harper is kind of like always single or dating guys that aren't that great. Um, but it's always sort of like a one way thing. Um, and it was really interesting to me to see the friend dynamic change. Then once Harper was sort of dating this guy and also from the outside, it seemed like he maybe wasn't treating her very well. And her friend was trying to give her advice of what to do. And it was always kind of the wrong advice. Well, I noticed that too. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that that was a really interesting thing. And it, it, it was a really interesting to see put in there kind of subtly, like the female friendship dynamics that I think without anything being really spelled out, you sort of see how it is a bit, it can be a bit difficult when someone starts changing the role that they have in a friendship. Um, well, so I really liked seeing that too. And it wasn't like beat your head over, beat your over the head with it. It was like a metaphor or whatever. Well, M was using her past with bad guys because mm-hmm. she seemed to date a lot of losers and put it on Harper's because she was saying he never goes out with you. He never shows you around town. He's it seems like he doesn't want to be seen with you. And from the information she was given, you could maybe take that. But she didn't really know Dex all that well. And she just thought of him as this horny rugby player. Mm-hmm. And she didn't realize that I do. But think, she like he's a horny rugby player. But also. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there's different sides. <laughs> yeah. She didn't realize Dex did want to keep this for himself and didn't want it to be in the tabloids, in the sports page, all over the place. He was wanted to keep it private because she meant so much to him. And I think that was uh, something he did need to explain to her because I could also see why Harper would think he was ashamed of her. Even though he did put her in the box, gave her tickets uh, to the game, and she was in the box with all the like skinny models, who, which I also liked about this book, weren't all assholes. Right. They were all really nice. And Harper had that thought in her head, like, they're going to look at me and judge me and think I'm not skinny enough or not pretty enough. And they're all so nice to her. And I thought that was nice, too, because it made her realize some of this stuff is in my head. Some of this stuff is placed in my head by my stepmom and my brother and all this stuff. So I did like that, too. They didn't end up being wicked witches or anything like that. Yeah, it wasn't people sort of, like, constantly harping on it. Yeah. No pun intended. Yeah, but you, but also there wasn't sort of, like, that big misunderstanding where you were, like, oh, it sort of gets thrown in there. It did seem like the, the way she was thinking and sort of, like, also how friends influence what you think about a relationship and why, you know, that can be kind of difficult sometimes. Um, and so when 
they broke up, you sort of believed both of their sides of like why this was a misunderstanding and why they did it. It wasn't sort of like, oh, well, we need them to break up at 90%. It sort of felt all pretty organic. It was funny. So, yeah, they broke up because like, I think, like I said before, he was late for – she was painting him, painting on him. <laughs> he was late for practice. He got uh, benched for a game, and then he was just really upset. But then he was talking to one of his buddies, and they were just like, you got to – I mean, you love her. It's like – or no, she, he was talking to the coach. Mm-hmm. The coach basically said, she means more to you she means as much to you as this game does. So you really need to do something about that. So he does. And then they fuck again. And then there's that whole thing about she's going to the hot. They want to, the hospital's having this thing. She says, let's go together. He says, I don't want to. And it's because he wants to keep it private. She thinks differently. Dressed up in a sexy dress, goes out there. All these guys want to dance with her. And they do just like, now we're going to just auction you off. That was, it is weird. Yeah. Bizarre. But it, the, he, it, I think the author wanted a big, Set piece. Set piece. Uh, there's n- at least one or two Notting Hill references in this. <laughs> so I think there was that uh, wanting to have the big demonstration publicly of the love kind of thing. So uh, Notting Hill, one of my favorite rom-coms. So he, but he does, when he asks her to marry him, he does mention how much he loves her ass, <laughs> which I thought was not very appropriate, but it's very Dex. <laughs> so yeah. And it was short and sweet. And then they, there's an epilogue. She's preggers. Uh, and I was like, this is a per, almost a perfect, uh, contemporary romance yeah. for me because it was s- sexy, sweet, uh, very like, there was no, like you said, it was very lean. There was, there was nothing excess that I'd say this needs to be chopped out. Mm-hmm. It all led to them getting to know each other and being able to communicate with each other. So that's what I really loved about this book. So I would recommend this as I would recommend this as like a first book for somebody to read if they want to get into contemporary romances. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think? Sports romance. Yeah. Like, and they are into sports. We've had really good luck with sports romances, which I'm surprised by because I don't love sports. But yeah, all the sports romances we've read, um, scoring off the field was fantastic. This was really great. Yeah, we've had good luck. And I think it's because they don't, the author doesn't drag it down with a lot of, if we were hearing play by play of a whole game, it'd be like, okay, we get the point. How does this how does this have anything to do with the the actual story? It would we just saw that when he was with her, he was playing really well. Then when they broke up, he started screwing up. And that also attached to the relationship. So that was good, too. That's why we had to see him screw up in a game or hear about him screwing up in a game. It wasn't just a side thing. So, I, yeah, it's, it's it was great. This author did a, such a great job. Yeah. Well, and I think with sports, too, it's that it's not that you read a sports romance because you're like, I just really want to know the intricacies of rugby. If you don't know anything about rugby, you're going to leave this book still not knowing a ton about rugby. I didn't even know what it was. I didn't know it was called if it was called a rugby ball or not. I'm sure yeah. it is called a rugby. It's called something. But technically, it's a rugby ball because it's a ball, although it's not round. It's kind of yeah. like a bigger football it's like a fat football yeah um but i think it is like the 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 sports in whatever team it is is sort of a metaphor for uh like male camaraderie 
and having that sort of like found family and having that group of people that depend on you. Um, and sort of that's why people are interested in, in sports, I think more than just, you know, they want to play a certain sport or know about a certain sport. Yeah. And it's, and it's also like you get to see a bunch of sweaty, hot dudes. Right. And it's also, everyone is in impossibly like fantastic physical shape, which is, you know, obviously a positive as well. Um, it's just called a rugby ball. You Googled it? Yeah. All right. Yeah, so I was you right. You were overthinking things. I was. I thought it would have like a – it might have a different name, but all I'm seeing is rugby balls. Yeah, nice. Yeah. It's the holiday season and tis the season to listen to audiobooks. That's what I say. Everybody's traveling around. They're buying presents. They're in the car. They need something to listen to. And why not listen to an audiobook? And if you're thinking about giving someone or yourself, because that's, you can give yourself a present around the holiday season. You've earned it. Yeah. If you're thinking about giving yourself the gift of an Audible membership, now is the best time to do it with a special offer of 53% off your first three months. Through Audible, you can also access an unbeatable selection of audiobooks, including bestsellers, motivation, mysteries, thrillers, memoirs, romance. I was going to say the most important one. Yes, and more. Uh, you can choose three titles every month, one audiobook, and two exclusive Audible originals. You can't hear anywhere else. So you can listen to them on any device, anywhere, anytime with your Audible app. I listened to Tessa Dare's uh, Goddess of the Hunt while I was changing my closet from spring to winter. The- it's great. This was perfect. It was perfect. Uh, right now, for a limited time, you can get three months of Audible for just six ninety five a month. That's more than half off the regular price. You can choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. So this holiday season, give yourself the gift of listening. Visit audible.com slash tropes. That's audible.com slash tropes, T-R-O-P-E-S. Or text tropes to 500-500. The most important question. Mm-hmm. Would you fuck them? Yeah, definitely. Both of them. I would fuck them both too. Because I think that, I thought Harper seemed really sexy. I also think Dexter seemed like he was so focused on, so focused on sex that he would do me right. Oh, yeah. Like, he would just He would show you a good time. He would, absolutely. He has that single focus, well, whether he's, like, on the rugby pitch or he's in bed. He's really, he's looking to score. He's going to do what needs to get done to get it done. Yes. You can always get behind somebody like that. And also, there's just something really sexy about, and, like, you know, I think this is, like, most of our heroes are in love with the heroine's body and everything. But it's, like, in a, this felt, like, so primal and so, this was so close to his id. In the way that she looked and how much he, how much he was attracted to like every aspect of her body, that it made it so much more sexy because you're like, oh, he's really like this is everything he wants it to be, um, yeah, which just makes it even more sexy. Yeah. The other thing about this book, because not to, because we talked about Grin and Beard, Bearded already, but the thing about this book is neither of these people try to define themselves as funny. Mm. They weren't trying to be like they did joke around, but they it wasn't in a natural way. Like anyone is going to just joke around. Neither of these people are known for their sense of humor. 
one is a really good artist, the other one is a really good rugby player, and they didn't need to be throwing quips back and forth because they aren't quippy people. They're, especially someone like Dex, he's very straightforward. He's very, like you said, he knows what he wants and he's not going to mess around. That doesn't mean that he can't, there can't be levity involved, but that's what I also liked about this book, that it was good-natured, but nobody was forcing quips, which I really loved about this book. Well, and you, it was great because the dialogue was fantastic and that you could tell they were really getting a kick out of each other and really liked being around each other in a really natural way. So it's not like they were, like, cracking wise all the time or, like, making jokes, but it's like you could tell they were, like, enjoying con- the conversation, like, enjoying speaking to each other, which was really fantastic and, you know, also something you want for the main couple. Like, you can tell they just have fun together. Yes. Um, without having, without really pushing, trying to be funny. Now, Aaron, this is something that we don't normally do. Mm-hmm. But since we're reading a book about Australia and rugby, I thought it'd be fun to give you a little bit of a quiz on Aussie slang. Ooh, okay. Now, there was a few uses of Aussie slang in this book. Not as many as I thought. I was hoping it'd be completely unintelligible i thought we'd read this book and i'd think like oh i don't understand what any of these people are saying uh but no you the, did uh, complain about that you're like i thought it would be more show but i'm like yeah if you write a book in america it's not just like fourth of july um what is it like president's day or just oh, we love apple pie people just talk yeah or i mean but but or just having like so much slang that it's incomprehensible yeah. like american like you just go to urban dictionary and just throw a bunch of stuff on here Obviously, not everybody speaks in slang all the time, but I uh, I have a couple, and there's a few that we we did uh, read in this book, and then there's a few that we did not. So I'm going to see how good you do. Chuffed. Oh, chuffed is like happy, like proud of, like happy with something that someone has told you. Like, um, yeah, Ch- it's hard to explain, but chuffed is like happy. You're right. Yeah. It means pleased. Pleased. Yeah. Which is exactly what you said. Now, Arvo. I have no idea what that was. Arvo. Arvo. I'm sure it's like shortening of something. They love to shorten things. Yeah. So I'll, I'll use it in a sentence. Want to come over this Arvo? Is it afternoon? It is afternoon. Very How does good. that make sense? So it so this is according to a, a website that I don't know. See, this is what's great. I might be talking out my butt, so I need our Australian listeners to set me straight mm-hmm. if I'm saying things that are wrong. And if there's other Australian slang we don't talk about, let us know, and we'll continue to quiz our, each other on this. Yeah. So they were saying. So what what I was saying in this website is that. Uh, if things are three syllables, Australians don't like to say them. They like stuff that's like two syllables. So they'll always make things shorter. Cause, which is funny too, because it's not like Australians are known for like being really speedy, having a lot to do, having a lot on their plate. You know what I mean? They just like shortening things, but it seems like they also like just hanging. Yes. This was not in the book. What's what's Chalky Bicky? <laughs> Chocolate biscuit. Yes. Chocolate <laughs> Good job. Good job. <laughs> This is for my four dates with an Australian. Akadaka. Jesus. Akadaka? Akadaka. Is it a noun or a verb? 
It is a noun. I don't know. Akadaka. Are you going to the Akadaka concert? That's a sentence. ACDC? Yes. That's how they refer to ACDC, which is funny because ACDC is way shorter than Akadaka. Yeah. I know. That's like um, how Italians say USA for USA. Devo. Devo like the band? That's Devo. Okay. Devo. Use it in a sentence, please. The surf was so bad this weekend, I'm Devo. Devastated. Yes. See, it's pretty easy to figure out once it's used in a sentence. Yeah. Um, Now, trackies. They said trackies in this book. Like a tracksuit? Track bottoms? Yes. You're very good at this. How long did you date that guy? <laughs> like three or four dates when I was like 23. Did he use any of this? Oh, truly, who knows? I don't remember. T. T meaning dinner? Yes. Well, they do that in Britain, too. Oh, they see, you're there. too yeah. cosmopolitan for this game. Yeah. Obviously, you know what a stiffy is. Like a hard-on? Yes. <laughs> I think they say that in America, too. What does, uh, when you skull something? Skull? Yeah, skull. Like as in skull. Skull. But you skull it. Is that if you, like, hit the football with your head? It's not a football term. Oh. Met, like, mess it up? I don't know. It's to down a beer. So it's like chug. <laughs> it's like if I scald something, that oh. means that I, yeah. Okay. One last one. Root rat. What is a root rat? <laughs> a root rat. Dex is a root rat. Is it like a horny guy? Yes. <laughs> there you go. That was fun. I yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. So I'd like, you know, any of our Australian listeners, if you have any, if I said anything wrong, if, I, if you have any cool slang that you use that I can't find on a website, <laughs> let us know because I'm very interested. I don't want to get anything wrong and miss you know, uh, appropriate anything or, or anything like that. But yeah. A root rat. A root rat. I want to know what the, like the etymology of that is. I know. Right. Yeah. Well, didn't we have a book where they were talked about, um, somebody's dick being a man root? Yeah. That was great. That was like the old school, the oldest school romance that, that we read. Judith McNaught one. Yeah. Prisoner of my desire. Man root. That's great. Mm. Well, that was fun. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Thanks for putting a quiz together, Clayton. Yeah, no problem. All right, so we should do a Goodreads list. Yes. This was on Not Many List, which I'm surprised about because I feel like it was, it's was. it been recommended to me a many a time. Uh-huh. And it, I just felt like it was a very popular book, but like maybe it's not. I don't know. Now I'm confused. It should be. Yeah. So tall heroines and romance novels. Yes, that's right, because she... Uh, he said that she was like his Xeno warrior princess. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's probably like over six feet and she's like six feet. Yeah. I love a tall woman. Whenever I see a tall woman in heels, oh, that's my favorite. Yeah. Keep, just get higher. Higher. Yeah. Your keep platforms. Going. Yeah. I you love want them on it. stilts. Well, I don't know because there's this whole thing of like women should be shorter than their boyfriends or, you know, if you're too tall, you should be ashamed of it. And I'm like, no, just get taller, man. 
I love it. I'm pretty tall. I'm 5'8". Okay. So when I wear heels, I'll be like 6'2". No. You'll be 6'2"? No, I, if I wear four-inch heels, I'll be six feet. Okay. Because that's mm-hmm. why, like, I, I don't think I've ever stood next to you where you're taller than me. No. Okay. Um, but I did just buy some four-and-a-half-inch heels. I'm very excited about Nice. I can't wait to tower over you. We should stand back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Um, romance with sports or athletes. Oh, yeah. A rugby romance novel. Yes. That's it. That's it. I know. There's so many other ones that are really good. Root Rats. Root rat, yeah, exactly. Famous root rats. Root rats we love. <laughs> All right. Uh, what are your tropes? Fake relationship. Because at first they're pretending, but it's never really ever fake. No, it's fake for like until they see each other again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fake from like where he says, will you go on a date with me? And she says, is this to make Chuck mad? And he's like, yeah. And then after that, it's a real relationship. Yeah. Sex in a children's hospital. Which is now one of my favorite tropes. <laughs> uh, sports romance, rugby hero, curvy heroine, artist heroine, bad stepbrother, bad mom, bad stepmom. Yeah. Girlfriend with bad advice. Because I knew where it was coming from, but I, every time M was giving advice, I was like, she gives bad advice. Yeah. Not that his buddies on the rugby team gave any good advice. They were just like, you hitting that? Cool. But I also like that they were, like, when he first saw her, all of his, like, teammates were like, that's your girl. Like, they all knew his type and were very much, like, oh yeah, positive about it, too. Yes. And then women in overalls, which I like. Mm-hmm. I love. Like painter overalls? Yeah, painter overalls, even uh, what we in Pennsylvania call bib jeans. <laughs> I, like, I like bib jeans. Yeah. And uh, anything like that, like uh, a woman in a button-up shirt, too, like that's – all that stuff's just so sexy. Nice. Yeah, so I love that scene where she was in overalls. That was like right was on my two. alley. I know. That's right because she called text. him and was like, can you help me with my zipper? The best part, too, is like her friend is like, you can't text him because it had been a few days and he had like snuck out after they first had sex. That, yeah. And then she was like – which, you know, I didn't love Dex for. But also Dex, you're right. He's a little bit of a dum-dum. Uh-huh. Um. He, uh, and then she's like, uh, instead of texting, like, hey, what's up or something, she's like, basically, hey, I have my overalls on. Can you come help me get out with my zipper? And he immediately shows up like the horn dog he is. And he's dressed in like a suit because he has something to go to after that. That was really good. Yeah. And she took off her bra in the car. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah, she was getting ready for him. That was great. Yeah. Yeah, I love this book was so fun. Um, Yeah. Erin, what were your tropes? Mm -hmm. I'm happy you asked. Um, so I had pretending to date as well, but come on. Yeah. Uh, rugby player hero, Australian, bad family, plus size heroine. Here's a new one. Now, how does this person have money to live? <laughs> yes. How does this person have money to live? Very, because yeah. she's painting murals in a children's hospital, which seems great. Mm-hmm. And her friend had like raised money to pay her to do it. But I'm like, how much money? And she does not seem worried about money. And she has a nice apartment, a big TV, a car. She can buy a sweet dress. It just was like, I'm happy that she didn't dwell on it because I don't really need to know her finances and I don't really care. But I do just think it's funny when like people in romance novels have such like ridiculous jobs where it's like, oh, you paint murals at a children's hospital? Cool. Like, it's fine. Yeah. But it also does make me laugh. There is so much of a – it's such a tightrope to walk because we don't want to hear too much about how they make their money. 
we I, we don't like when people are just like, oh yeah, my grandparents had a lot of money and they died and they gave me money. But we also don't want to hear about how they're high paid, high paid, how they're high paid lawyers or things like that. So it is weird. I know like we can be very nitpicky with that, but I felt the same way where maybe just one sentence that we realize how she makes her money. Like maybe she's an online gambler. (laughs) Maybe she's really good at betting on footy or something. I don't know. No, I mean, I didn't need more than that. It did just make me laugh, but I don't, there's, you know what I mean? With with a book this good, you forgive more. Oh, absolutely. It's like, yeah, I don't want a paragraph about how much money her parents left her or whatever. uh It's like, I'm just going to assume that's what happened. Yes. And we're going to keep it moving. She's not worried about why should I be worried about it? Did make me giggle. Um, we can't really date because I have something important going on, which is, I feel like a bit of a trope of like, I'm focusing on this, so I can't be with you fully. And then realizing, nope, you should be with people. And then great dress. Cause she wore an amazing dress at the end. And that was it. No. Yeah. Nice. Um, Clayton, what has you swooning this week? So this week, well, I recently saw the movie Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood about Mr. Rogers. Now, I would say don't see that movie. No. I would say. We saw it together. We did see it together. And I would say see the movie. No, but what I'm swooning about is the documentary Mm -hmm. that came out last year. Which is called Won't You Be My Neighbor, I believe, right? That's what it's called. Mm-hmm. Now, what I'm going to say is you can see Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood if you want to. Tom Hanks is in it. Um, the director did a movie that I really love, and I think I swooned about uh, Can You Ever Forgive Me? Yeah, Mario which is, yeah, Which is a great movie. But there's something that doesn't do justice to Mr. Rogers – in this movie, I think if you genuinely need or want to know about Mr. Rogers, watch this documentary because it's his greatest hits. He, I think he's a guy I, I loved as a kid, thought nothing about when I was adult other than, oh, he's a cornball, which I think is all what we thought until now when we live in a society where empathy is so hard to come by. And he has so many messages that are powerful for people that seem simplistic because they're about children and they're aimed towards children. But I think we've lost our way as people in this country. And sometimes the simplest messages can be the most powerful. So I would say watch, watch the documentary and really get to know a guy who probably had faults, probably wasn't the best father, but I think what he did was really express some powerful messages in a way that we can all understand. So especially around the holidays, when you're seeing your family, when you're interacting with people you don't normally interact with, they might not have the same opinions as you. I think it's good to think about empathy, think about those simple things that Mr. Rogers talked about. Yeah. So that's my spoon. That's a great one. I love Mr. Rogers too. Yes. He lived on in on he had a summer house on Nantucket and he lived on Crooked Lane. It was called the Crooked House on Crooked Lane. You told Isn't me that, that adorable? That's adorable? I did, but I didn't tell them. I didn't there was no mic involved, so did I really say it to you? That's right. Did, did it, it did, really matter? Did it matter? It didn't matter. Now <laughs> it matters. This is when it really matters. 
uh, and we used to see him in the stop shop, and we would be very scared. Scared? Well, I think we just like were nervous. Starstruck. Yeah. Um, Aaron, mm-hmm. what has you swooning this week? I'm spooning about a series on Hulu called Dollface. Um, and it stars uh, Kat Dennings. And it is basically the story of this girl or this woman who, you know, started dating a guy in college, dropped all her friends, made her entire life about her boyfriend. And then one day her boyfriend dumps her and she has to sort of figure out what to do with her life socially after that. And she has to go crawling back to... Um, to her friends who she like dropped like a hot potato. And I really loved this. Um, I watched it with Pat and he did not like it. So I don't know if it's like a, such a female story that um, <clears throat> anyway, I did love it. And it is also told very with a lot of surrealism, which I really liked. And it was very interesting in the way that they decided to show different things and sort of like how her mind works. Um, it was fantastic. And also I think it's a story that, like a lot of women have experienced too of sort of not knowing how to balance female friendships when you are in a relationship. And I think whenever you first get into a relationship, sort of everything else goes by the wayside because you're like newly enthralled with this person, but there needs to like a balance to come back. Um, and I thought it was just a really interesting and beautiful story about female friendship um, and the role that fe- female friendship has in um, in someone's life and sort of what happens to you when you lose that as a woman um so I loved it it's like 10 episodes I watched it all in like two days I'm gonna rewatch it and I really um loved it so check it out Dollface on Hulu nice yeah Erin where can they find us <laughs> I forgot what was next you thought it was gonna be very serious what I was gonna ask you yeah I was like what a new segment again <laughs> um yeah, so you guys, you can always find us um, on Twitter at Learning the Tropes, uh, at Instagram at Learning the Tropes. Uh, we have our Facebook group, the Learning the Tropes Troop. We also have our email, Learning the Tropes Podcast at gmail.com. Email us if you have more slang for us, if you want to suggest a book, um, if you just want to say hi, if you want to say you like us, you don't like us, let us know. Also, don't forget, rate, review, subscribe. I know we always say it. You guys are really fantastic about doing it, and we appreciate it. It's sort of how people can find us, um, so it's really helpful, um, and we love that you do. Um, next week, we are reading The Unleashing by Shelley Lawrenson, so make sure check that out if you haven't already. Um, and then also, Learning the Tropes is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you love at frolic.media backslash podcast. We did it. We did it. Bye, everybody. Bye.